Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and I'm also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Certification Course. You can find more information about that at holistichealthmastery.com. And we got another amazing episode lined up for you guys right here. I'm bringing on a very good friend of mine, Grace Van Berkham. She is just an amazing individual, one of the most amazing people I've ever come across, definitely one of the most amazing people I've ever worked with. We recently did a seven-day detoxification retreat in Nicaragua um, in December, the end of December 2015, and what an incredible experience that was. I It just blew me away on all levels. Just the, the level of inspiration and empowerment that permeated from each of the 25 attendees that were there. Grace is an amazing yoga instructor, a registered holistic nutrition educator. Uh, she's a Sun Warrior ambassador, so she writes articles and does education for the company Sun Warrior. Just really remarkable. And this conversation that we had was actually way beyond my expectations. I try not to have expectations because you never know where these things are going to flow, but I was really delighted at the end of this conversation because we really go deep into some of the principal areas of just life and transformation and the healing process and not just the physical healing process, but the, the mental and emotional healing process that's associated with health, with, with reviving our health if we're in a state of debilitation, a state of disharmony, disease, how to revive yourself, not just revive your health as a physical aspect, physical conversation, but how to come back into harmony with who you really are. And we really go deep into that and... I have a feeling everyone listening to this is going to get some really strong heart palpitations. And I mean that in a positive sense. I mean that you're going to get some signals from your heart that are going to indicate a new direction for you if you've been trying to find a new direction, to find out what your authentic path is in this life. So many things are going to come out of this. So without further ado, I want to introduce Grace Van Berkham. Enjoy. Grace Van Berkham is a registered holistic nutritionist and is a plant-powered detox nutritionist and tropical yoga teacher facilitating empowering and inspiring gracious living lifestyle retreats in Nicaragua and around the world. Her mission in this lifetime is to spread the message of plant-based nutrition and self-love by teaching people how to eat and live with awareness. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ronnie. Good to chat with you again. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on. I've been thinking about uh, when the best time to bring you onto the, the lineup here is, and clearly that is now, so... Yeah, really honored to have you on, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, thank you. I'm really honored to be a part of this. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all the listeners, uh, you know, you and me in December or uh, late November into December did an amazing retreat in Nicaragua. And that was my first international speaking experience, let alone actually being able to co-lead an educational retreat. Right. Yeah. And the, I mean, just my experience personally being involved with one of your retreats was mind-blowing. It was beyond my expectations. It was definitely beyond some of the feedback that I've received from just other people doing retreats and hearing about some of the challenges or just some of the stuff that people have um, uh, shared with me about their retreat experiences. I felt like this one was just, uh, you know, beyond all expectations. Yeah, I mean, to make a retreat successful and memorable and smooth in execution, you know, the location is so important, the people you work with are important, Um, the food and menu, of course, is so important, especially for a gracious living lifestyle retreat, and also um, the people that come on the retreat, and ours in particular, um, we have a lot of people there, and you know, it was a detox retreat, so it's not just like a yoga vacation. Like people were coming there for some serious cleansing and serious inspiration and recalibration. Um, and not everybody in the world would be interested in a retreat like this. So when you get conscious, um, conscious people that coming together, wanting to learn more, wanting to grow more, wanting to heal together, you know, it's a phenomenal experience, as as you saw. Yeah, the big takeaway that I got from it was really to see. Such a diversity of people from different backgrounds, different um, aptitudes in terms of how long some of these people have been involved in, you know, healthy lifestyle, raw foods, plant-based nutrition, um, even yoga. And some of the people that really had no experience with any of that whatsoever. And then to see the light bulb kind of turn on for some of those people and to see that that that, uh, you know, that, that twinkle in their eye as they did your yoga classes or they listened to the lecture or they tried the, the raw food because that was pretty much like their main option, right? And to see how people started to open up to it uh, and really, I, I feel like, um, plant the seeds for their, their life transformation. Yeah, it's, um, as teachers, as you know, it's amazing to watch people go down that journey Um, when I first started doing detox retreats, um, I guess just over five years ago now, what happens for some people in the beginning, it's a struggle, you know, it's, um, very challenging. There's a lot of elimination going on, not just on a physical level, but also on an emotional level. And in the beginning stages of my career doing retreats, this is very difficult for me to watch, but, um, I know that when people go through this, that's something new and amazing is about to happen for them as well. So, um, yeah, I just, I love watching people go through this and I love that light bulb moment for people. Um, I love how inspired and empowered people are when they leave wanting to make these changes going back home in whatever way is good for them. It doesn't have to be these all or nothing changes, but, um, it's a very, very heartwarming thing to watch as a teacher. And and that's part of the reason why I do what I do. Mm. Yeah, very well put. Uh, and we're definitely going to talk more about why you even began to start doing retreats, what was the inspiration behind that. And we'll touch a lot more um, a little later on some of those those emotional and psychological um, detox symptoms and um, for people to understand who some people may be on that path and some of these things might have surfaced for them. So we'll jump into that. But before we go there, 
I would mm-hmm. love to discuss what got you into healthy eating, what got you into yoga, um, you know, what got you on your path? Right. Well, um, it was a long journey to get to this path, and I tried so many other things to find, I guess, to find peace in my life before I came to the healthy part. So um, basically, to rewind a little bit, um, I As a child, I grew up in a very tumultuous um, atmosphere, very abusive. Um, I was in and out of foster homes. And because of uh, the environment that I was living in, I sought out any way possible, even as a child, to numb myself. And um, my my first addiction at five years old was sugar. Um, I was addicted to drinking corn syrup from the bottle, eating brown sugar from a bowl, you know, anything sugary that would provide me with a high, that would be a form of numbing myself, um, was what I would seek out. And as a teenager, um, I started being a binge eater, actually, and just eating copious amounts of food um, to numb myself. And then as I got to be an elder teenager, I realized that I couldn't eat copious amounts of food without gaining weight. So then my eating disorder started. I was... um, as, as much as I wanted to be anorexic at the time, which sounds weird, I, I was bulimic and I would throw up all my food and that lasted for nine years. And then from there, I went to drug and alcohol addictions. Um, and it was just, you know, most of my life was pretty depressing and, uh, and miserable. Um, I came to a point in my life about, I guess, just over 10 years ago where I realized that if I didn't clean up my act, if I didn't figure out, you know, what was at the root of all my problems, if I didn't figure out how to heal my addictions and understand my addictions, that A, I was either going to die or B, I was just going to live this miserable life where I was constantly running from myself, essentially. So started my journey uh, of healing, and this is really the Coles Notes version because it it took me a while to figure out that I needed to start this journey. Um, I was really physically sick at the time. I was doing way too much drugs. I wasn't sleeping. I was, you know, essentially an alcoholic. Um, So I needed to physically heal my body. That brought me to nutrition school. And I just thought, you know, I might as well be learning about food. And um, I guess just changing my relationship with food, I, I, I just knew that um, I, I couldn't have, I, food wasn't the enemy. So I need to figure, I need to understand food, not just like what was sitting on my plate in front of me, but where it was coming from, how it was affecting my body, you know, how it was helping me to thrive or how it was making me really sick. So I started nutrition school, um, went on this, this whole path of learning all these things. I was so inspired by the transformation that was occurring within me, um, that of course I wanted to be a nutritionist and share everything that I learned with people. And because of my various addictions throughout my life, it wasn't just about, you know, having eating disorders, but I had all this knowledge about addictions, sugar addictions, weight loss, weight gain, candida, uh, IBS. Like I, I had been through all these things myself. So I felt like my experience from going through these things would help me be a good nutritionist as well. Um, and then shortly after I became a nutritionist, actually not even shortly after, maybe five or six years after I became a nutritionist, I found yoga and I begrudgingly, um, did my yoga teacher training. I thought yoga was really boring actually. And I tell my students this all the time. Um, 
I, I just thought I should do it because I knew I was moving to Central America and at the time I was doing nutrition and personal training and I just thought I wouldn't be able to be doing that when I went to Central America. So I thought it would seem logical to do my yoga teacher training um, even though I didn't like it and thought it was boring. But anyway, I lived in a yoga ashram in the Bahamas for six months, uh, completely radically changed me from the inside out and um yeah that's kind of what brought me on this path and I'm I'm really on this this journey of continually trying to heal myself even though I'm the healthiest and happiest I've ever been I'm I'm in such an amazing spot in my life but I'm always seeking out more knowledge more ways to be free more ways to expand more ways to feel lighter as I move through this earth just um, not only physically but but emotionally and um, I feel the most fulfilled in my life when I share everything that I learn with others. And this is how Gracious Living Lifestyle retreats came to be. And my retreats are about these healthy vacations where people come to be rejuvenated, but then they're also empowered with knowledge throughout the week with, with teachers like yourself and um, working with other yoga teachers or authors or nutritionists or even business professionals. We come to rejuvenate. We come to take care of ourselves. We come how to learn how to love ourselves more, um, but we also learn tools that we can take with us back home so that we can continue to live this way and also help the people around us. Mm. Yeah, there's so many really cool uh, nuggets and, and ways to direct this conversation and just what you shared right there. I think what comes up for me immediately is um, this idea that you brought up that we are running from ourselves, essentially. Yeah. And this is such a deep, powerful principle because within me in the last, goodness, like, it, it, well, it's been interesting. I have to say I've gone through a, a complete shifting in my actual being, in my, my spiritual connection um, has, has strengthened in a way that I did not see coming. It was kind of, it's kind of interesting because... I've I've been into raw foods and really like cleansing and that lifestyle for, you know, almost a decade and I've gone through different different uh I guess iterations of my my own self-identity especially be, being a public figure and attaching myself to raw food and then attaching myself to this and that and so anyways I've come to a place recently that um really behind every physical ailment there is a metaphysical, emotional imprint or some kind of trauma, some kind of thing that we built a coping mechanism, we built a defense shield around just to get through life. And yeah. so for me, a lot of that stuff is coming to the surface in a way that I can actually like, um, I can objectively look at and improve upon. But, you know, so let's touch on that and how... Um, you know, food and possibly any other habits that we have in our life, yoga as well, um, help us to to come back to ourselves. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I think for many people, most people, we have these survival mechanisms and things that we learned as children uh, for whatever reason. And I think as an adult and as a, a conscious adult, if uh, we want to continue continue to learn and grow and, and be free in this lifetime, we need to figure out what are the things that are holding us back and, and what are the things that aren't serving us anymore. So um, food, of course, you know, um, eating foods that are filled with life. Um, we are living beings, so it only really makes sense that we want to eat 
foods that are filled with life to help us think more clearly, to help us connect to our intuition more, to help us have more energy so that we can continue to move forward with our goals. And yoga, um, I love yoga now, just um, more for the mental aspects, like we're harnessing the power of the breath and the mind through our body movements and we're learning how to stay present and at least that's where I am in my yoga teacher and my yoga journey now as a teacher is I'm trying to help people learn to be present because you know so much of our anxiety in this lifetime comes from thinking too far ahead in the future and so Mm. much of our depression comes from attaching to the things of the past and we're always oscillating between the two so learning more how to stay present so that we can live lives that aren't filled with stress. Um, that is so important. So, you know, this combo of eating foods that are filled with life, eating foods that don't have any chemicals, learning to move the body so that we are creating more energy in the body, but also creating more peace in the body. And also from a physical standpoint, we're keeping our spines nice and strong because our spinal strength, our spinal stability you know, is connected to our entire health and our entire being. And, you know, anyone who has a back injury knows that if your back hurts, your your day-to-day life is affected. Your minute-by-minute minute part of your life is affected. So there's so many elements of yoga that I love, but predominantly I teach it from a, a, a mental point of view. Um, and then now I feel like I'm, I'm babbling. What was the original question? <laughs> no, no, it was absolutely perfect. And, um, you know, it's, it's ultimately just going down the, that, that train of thought in terms of um, the, the, the ways that we might use coping mechanisms. Um, the most commonly uh, subscribed to drug is food, right? Um, But then, as you're alluding to, that affects the mental state and your ability to stay present opposed to projecting your fears and um, quite possibly your illusions into the future. Right. I mean, for me, like, yes, I'm a nutritionist. Yes, I'm a yoga teacher and I teach all these things to people. But at the end of the day... Um, I'm all about trying to teach people to understand who they are, understand why they act and behave the way they do, and really try to connect um, to the awareness of are their actions really serving them and nourishing them and helping them move forward in this life. So it's not just about you know the nutrition and the yoga and the healthy lifestyle for me, but it's helping people become empowered with their lifestyle choices so that they can live a really happy life. And you know, I grew up with a lot of depression around me, a lot of anger around me, a lot of um, suicide threats around me. And I just, I've come to this point in my life where I don't want to be around it. Like, mm. I don't, I, I have compassion for people who are suffering and who are upset. But my duty in this world and what I strive to do in this world is to try and help people become their happiest versions of themselves, their most peaceful and you know, I'll do this in any way that I can with my with my areas of expertise. And again, that's what Gracious Living Lifestyle is all about. Yeah, that that reminds me of a great Yeshua quote: "Let the dead bury the dead." Um, and it's it's really profound. And this is something I totally I totally feel too. Is is there, it's it's very simple. It's oh, it's simple. It's very easy to. Um, project upon all the the disharmony and the negativity and the things that we seek to correct in the world by um, expressing our own um, 
you know, disharmony, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and trying to you trying to use the, the frustration we feel to somehow correct the frustration in the world. And I found that the only way for me to be a beneficial presence on the planet is actually to correct and heal the disharmony going on within me so I could actually express a message that could help other people. Right, exactly. I mean, it all starts with us and um, we need to be happy and healthy to be able to help others do that. And then it really comes from a place of authenticity too. You know, we're not just speaking words and we're not just um, coaching people with words, but it comes from a true, honest, powerful place because we've been through it ourselves as well. Absolutely. So on that note, um, what what are maybe a few things that you found to be really effective in helping to to direct somebody into a more empowering path if they if they have more of those those emotional um, blockages? Um, can I actually, Ronnie? Can I say one more thing? Going back to your original question of please, how I got this please. path, because yes. I just feel it'll help um, build this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, while I went to school. Um, while I was learning more about food and, you know, really starting to become dedicated to healing myself and and fixing my food issues. Um, my father was diagnosed with prostate cancer that had Mm. moved to bone cancer and they, the doctors had told him he had less than 10 months left to live. He should start planning for his funeral. He still needed to go through surgery and chemotherapy and, um, there was absolutely nothing he could do. And he had asked the doctor several times are you sure there's nothing I can do? Like I, he was really struggling with the fact that he was told that he only had 10 months left to live, but he still had to go through chemo. And the doctor was like, no, there's absolutely nothing you can do. And my dad went home and he just started researching a little bit about cancer and immune health and mitochondria, food. And what he had found by some doctor in Japan was that, you know, you can heal your cancer and you can you can radically change the way you eat and you can heal yourself. And um, at the time, like you hear about this all the time now, of course, but back then, uh, 12 years ago, there wasn't much information on this. So my dad just like kept researching more and then he went back to his doctor and so excited and he said, oh my gosh, look what I found. I I can heal my cancer. Look what this doctor wrote about. And he showed him all this information. And the doctor just looked at him and said, you're crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. When are we, when are we booking your surgery? We need to, you know, get this done right away. And my dad's like, you're not listening to me. Like, I I really feel like I can heal myself through by changing my diet. Um, So they went back and forth for a bit. And ultimately, my father said, I'm not doing this. Like, if I die, I die. But I really believe that I can change my cells. And this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. So he came back home. He told me this was his decision. I just started nutrition school, so I I didn't uh, quite know a lot about food yet and and the healing powers of food and how food can make you really sick or food can help heal you. Um, So, of course, when my dad told me this, I, you know, I was crying. I was... Um, not on board for this. I said, please, you know, please listen to the doctors. I, I don't want you to die. And he's like, nope, this is what I'm doing. I'm a grown man. And if you, you know, I need you to support me. And if you're not going to support me, then I just need you to back off. So, um, I finally realized like I might not have that much time with my father. So I decided to support him. It took me a little bit before I did, but I decided, okay, well, this was his decision. And, 
I, I amusingly started watching my dad completely change his diet. My, I often tell my students this. My dad used to eat, not eat all day. He would eat coffee all morning, donuts in the afternoon, microwave dinners. He loved sriracha sauce, and his favorite thing to do was eat Wonder Bread and sriracha sauce. Wow. And he'd eat a liter of ice cream at night. So there was, like, absolutely no nutrition there, obviously. So... He started, you know, he took all, he did his research and he knew he took out meat, he took out sugars, he took out gluten, he took out caffeine, alcohol, all that stuff. And he started eating whole grains and beans and juicing and um, eating whole foods, real food, live food, you know, plant-based foods, sun food. And he just did it with such enthusiasm and love, which was amazing to me too. It wasn't just like, Oh my God, I have to do this because I have to live. He just, he suddenly became this bright light, um, and had had fun in the kitchen. He got a little puppy. So he had to walk the puppy all the time. Um, and I often tell people this, what was so amazing and so powerful for me, wasn't that he radically changed his diet in his mid sixties, but that's, he transformed his personality too. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with food, but it was also, he was just so committed in his mind that he was going to beat this cancer. We were not allowed to say cancer around him. We did. We weren't allowed to say the C word. And he was just so positive. He was like, he would always say, I don't have cancer anymore. And, um, it was really amazing for me to watch, especially because I have so many older clients who often say, you know, I've been eating this way my whole life, or I've been this way my whole life. You can't teach a, a dog and new tricks kind of thing. And mm -hmm. for my dad, he really showed me that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter if you made a bad decision, you know, five minutes ago, what matters is right now. And what are you going to decide right now? And it really showed me too, that true health isn't necessarily about what you're eating and putting in your body, but it's what you're thinking and, and how you're moving through your life and what kind of thoughts you attach to and what kind of thoughts you don't attach to and how you move through your life with ease because of your, the way you perceive your life and also on how much you love yourself. That is, you know, the more you can learn to love yourself, the more you perceive your life in a different way. So these were really, really powerful for me as a nutritionist. Um, and also I was going to school at that time. So it was just, it was, it was an interesting time for all of us. And, and now, as you know, my dad's cancer free and he was cancer free, um, two years later. And that was, it was simply amazing. I mean, now he's, he's struggling with some other old age things, but, um, he's still very positive and he's still very much a fighter for his own life. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what got me on my journey. And that's everything I learned throughout that process and everything I continue to learn is what I share with my students. Mm. Anything is possible. Anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you know, there, there are statistics, not that I need statistics, but it's cool that they're there, that people that believe that they can beat the dis-ease, um, obviously have a higher percentage of overcoming the disease. Yeah. Um, and really they solidify that in their mind and then transfer that to their heart. And it has that physiological effect that you are, you know, Bruce Lipton talks about your cells are basically responding to all your thought patterns. And now we know through um, psychoneuroimmunology that your immune cells actually have receptor sites for your 
neuropeptides, which basically are just your thought packets, right? So um, everything that you're thinking, and not just people get caught up on this. Um, maybe we can explore this a little bit more, but people get caught up in the, the mental side of things. They get caught up in like, oh, well, I just need to think good thoughts, but I, can, I found out that it's you can think anything you want, but if you don't have an emotional... Um, uh, jolt, you don't have an emotional resonance associated with that thought, then there's still going to be a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more than just trying to be positive. You know, um, you really need to understand your behaviors and understand where they're coming from. You know, you need to be able to forgive yourself, um, have compassion for yourself and all we can do is be the best we can be today right now in this moment mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it, it's a work in progress it's it's um it's a work in progress always mm-hmm. yeah beautiful so with that what um i'm curious what are some of the things that you found yourself most uh most consistently recommending for your clients whether that be um food-related, you know, activity, exercise-related, you know, also touching on the interpersonal stuff. Um, You know, what what are some of those main things that comes up? Um, Let's see. Well, usually any client that comes to me, whether it's consultations or on retreats, they're looking, they're seeking answers. And, you know, I'm not just a regular retreat um, company where people just come for adventure. It's like, we do a lot of inner work on our retreats, whether it's like the detoxes or whether it's spiritual topics or whether it's, you know, designing your life strategies, whatever it is. It's like you come there because you're, you're ready, willing, and open to do the work. And, um, if you are seeking those kinds of answers, it's usually because something's not working for you in your life. So, um, Oftentimes, when people come to me, the things we address, of course, food, like food is is very important. And you need to make sure that your physical body is working efficiently and harmoniously for you to do the inner spiritual work. Um, Hydration, of course, um, getting enough fiber, eating live foods, minimizing toxins and chemicals as much as possible, um, eating predominantly plant-based. And even though my retreats are typically um, plant-based vegan and raw. Sometimes they're totally raw. Sometimes I do half raw. It depends on the retreat. Um, Not all of my clients want to be totally raw or vegan, and that's fine too. I don't judge, but we at least get to a a point where they're eating predominantly plant-based or plant-powered or plant-strong. I like to use those words. Um, I also like to use the words conscious eatitarian. So no matter what, no matter, I think Dr. Cousins actually said that first, but, um, I use that a lot. Um, uh, you know, I just want, I'm trying to teach people how to be more conscious, not just with their food choices, Mm -hmm. but also how they move their body, what is energizing them and helping them move forward in this life and what's holding them back. So with foods, it's understand, like I could tell people all the foods that I think are healthy to eat. But at the end of the day, of course, we know this, that it's, it's what's right for the person. And I want, I'm trying to teach people to tune into their body and tune into their sensations and tune into the lightness or heaviness of their body through the foods they eat. So, um, 
Yeah. What else with food? Of course, you know, we're, um, the fats and the sugars and mm. salts, uh, we address all of that. Um, self-love is a big thing on my retreats. How can we make choices that are loving and nourishing ourselves? Um, and how can we, you know, stop doing the things or, um, going through those patterns that are holding us back? Um, what else? Of course, yoga, movement, fitness. I'm, I teach deep breathing a lot. Breathing exercises are one of the fastest ways to alkalize the body um, and de-stress the mind and put you in the present moment. And uh, deep breathing is free, you know, and it's, it's amazing that people don't know how to breathe and how we can quickly access this place of peace and clarity by learning how to breathe on a regular basis. Um, meditation, learning how to still the body. We live in a world where it's go, go, go all the time and we're burning out our adrenals and, and, uh, you know, just reacting to life instead of really choosing what's best for us. So I'm a firm believer in meditating, being still, listening to what's on the inside, what's coming up for us, connecting to our intuition, um, creating good connections with people. And that's, that's one of the highlights of a gracious living retreat as well is that it's attracting people who are all on similar journeys. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if someone's been raw for 10 years or it doesn't matter if someone's just trying yoga for the first time or someone, um, um, what else, who's never juiced before. It's, it's just bringing all these people together who are still seeking knowledge and answers. And that's really important, you know, to live a happy life too because – where we adopt the behaviors and, and vibrations of the people that we hang out with on a consistent basis. So uh, I'm trying to teach people how to put themselves in more positive environments as well. That's a really great point, Grace, is that our suggestive environment is suggesting things to us all the time, right? So, you know, this is why the principles of feng shui are so important. Um, I actually was listening to an interview with uh, Michael Beckwith, and he was interviewing, um, uh, I can't remember her name. She's a very famous like emotional release therapist, and she was saying something that caught my attention. So basic, so simple, and yet it was like, oh my goodness, I need to get up and do this. Um, she was saying that you need to sweep the floor in your room. Like yeah. all the dust there has energy, and it's not that you're just sweeping the dust, you're actually sweeping out old stagnant energy that is present in your living environment. So I was like, oh, geez, okay, I'm getting up and I am going to clean out the energy in this home. Um, because that's the environment that is affecting my energy, whether I have you know, a, a cloudy mind or not, I'm being affected by that. And then obviously, to the people that were around, I, I want to go into this piece because I feel like the, the great um, uh, catalyst to somebody's health or life awakening, um, whether they're successful or not, um, in the immediate sense, is the people they surround themselves with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, we want to be around positive people, people who support us, inspire us, um, you know, people who are, are funny even and loving. We don't want to hang around with, like, it's not doing any good for our, ourselves and our lives and our future to hang around with people who belittle us or mm. don't support us or 
put us down or who are negative. Maybe they're not even putting us down, but they're just negative in the way that they live their lives. I mean, this is going to affect how we vibrate. And, and then, you know, we're, we're energy. We're energetic beings. We need to be more cognizant of what is creating energy within us or taking away energy from us. And every little thing around us affects us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then that, to have that, that support system, right? You know, one thing I was thinking about when you were mentioning, you were talking about your father, I was thinking about the people, again, this is um, part of that kind of statistical thing, is that the people in a, in a hospital room, like if they're on their deathbed, so to speak, on death's door, mm-hmm. yeah. um, the people that recover are typically the ones that have family and and friends support and hopefully their doctor and nurses are supportive as well but they have people that show up for them and there to support them and the people that that don't um oftentimes don't have any support yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well it just if if they don't have the support or they have negative people around them obviously that's draining and Mm. uh you know, some people are alone and don't really have any family or friends. And that's difficult, too, because, um, you know, we're all human and we all need connections. And all of these things help us to thrive and live on some level. Absolutely. <sighs> Taking a moment here to um, take all this in because this is actually really powerful. I'm, I'm getting a, like a very strong... Um, just just kind of shift in my my own my own body after listening to all this because um, you're sharing a lot of not just like tips and tricks but you're sharing your own life experience and the journey that you've been through and that's actually kind of what I wanted to bring out in this interview anyways for all the people listening is to understand that um, it's very easy to assume um, somebody that is teaching something or somebody is in a place where it looks easy. Um, that it did not happen overnight and that these individuals, all of us have had to go through sort of like a a rites of passage, if you will, um, initiations of different sorts to to become the person that somebody is is witnessing. And a lot of people I find get, they get stumped um, by the demands of life and um, uh, they just don't necessarily have a vision for their life or believe that they can... um, you know, that, that they can uh, become what it is that they're seeing in another person such as yourself. Right. And I remember um, when I first started out as a nutritionist, I would get, I, I was doing a lot of weight loss in the beginning, working with uh, doing a six-week cleaning weight loss program with people. And I had so many of my clients sitting in front of me who would often say, oh, you wouldn't understand what I'm talking about, or you would never know what it's like to have an eating dis, uh, eating addiction, or you would never know what it's like to be in an abusive relationship, or just making comments of stuff that I really did understand, but I never told anyone in the beginning. And I, I, I feel like when I first started out, I just was trying just to be the perfect nutritionist. And um, I think I was scared to even let my story out. And I really didn't start speaking about my story in my past till three years ago. Um, and it was just another level of healing for me and it was very cathartic for me to share my story. And it was amazing at the response I got. My, I, I wrote my first blog post about it on my 40th birthday part, 40th birthday. And 
Uh, I got, you know, close to a thousand emails from people saying, I, you know, I identify with the addictions, I identify with the abuse, I identify with foster homes, I identify with the overeating, whatever it was. Um, and it was just really nice to share the story and also let people know that, you know, I understand what you're going through. Like, um, we all have stuff that we're going through. We all have stuff we need to transcend. So, um, you know, I have no problem talking about it now. I'm just talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I tell my clients often, like I tell them straight up, like I, you know, I've been through a lot with my own health challenges. So I understand where you're coming from. And, um, yeah, it really helps. It helps people feel comfortable with you. And, um, it really helps with the business side of things as well. Mm. So it's, just nice, it's nice to give people hope, you know, like mm. it makes, it makes you seem more real too. Like, you know, I've, I've been through stuff and it gives people hope that you can, you have that choice to do whatever you want to do. You have a choice to be better if you really want to do it. You know, it's, it's up to you. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be completely raw or completely vegan or do yoga <laughs> every single day starting right now. But it's just start somewhere. Do something small. Like these small changes add up. Start doing, you know, start hydrating more and, and start doing some deep breathing and start with two minutes a day. Just start somewhere and these little positive changes start to add up and they're, they're not overwhelming. They're baby steps. And then you start noticing that you're feeling good and it feels good to try and you're noticing the physical changes and then you do a little bit more and then, you know, then you're, you have more energy and you, then you start to become a little more clear and then you're sleeping a bit better and then you decide to try something else that's new. And it's just this big, positive, beautiful snowball um, that helps you move forward. And that at the end of the day, it's not about getting to the end result. It's just about moving forward just a little mm -hmm. bit every day. I think that's one of the best pieces of insight that somebody on the path can get. Um, is that it's really one positive movement in the right direction and you don't need to figure it all out right away. And so one of the concepts that I've been really working with in my own life um, is pretty much this, is that your life is an ever unfolding mystery and that the more, the more, uh, how do I want to say this, the more comfortable you can become with uncertainty, the happier and a more at peace you'll become. Yeah. And I think when I'm working with clients a lot, like um, clients tend to get, not all clients, but some clients tend to get overwhelmed or people are really hard on themselves um, because, again, they're, they're thinking about the end result too much. And it's just mm -hmm. like all we can do is do the best we can in each moment, you know, and you know, life's right now and life could end tonight. We don't know. So it's just like, do your best, make the best decision you can in that moment. Forgive yourself if, if, if you make choices sometimes that aren't the best, but all we're doing is learning and growing. And again, just moving forward. Mm. Thank you. Well put. I just, I just think people get too, like too judgmental of themselves. Mm -hmm. you know? 
this thing comes in. And then people are very black and white as well. Like, oh, if I can't be this good, then I'm going to be this bad. <laughs> no, yes. true. And, and I say this not from a judgmental point of view, but also because I've been there and yes. that was me. And I still have elements of that that I struggle with sometimes too. So it's just learning to be compassionate with ourselves, trying, trying to give our best effort, but not putting so much pressure on ourselves either. It's finding mm. that balance balance of effort and surrender just like you wow grace this is so so paramount and it's like i'm i'm actually um i feel the sensation in my body is like well should i just hold back on that or not because there's like so much content in what you just shared Mm -hmm. um but i i guess uh you know what 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 comes up for me anyways is the the, the, the connection between the body and the mind, it's like if you have a contractive mind, um, I call it psychosclerotic, a hardening of your thought forms. Yeah. If you're black and white, you're, you're, it translates in the body like a muscular contraction, right? So we have neck issues, we have back problems, we have tight spines, we have, you know, whatever. And it can be rooted back to like, whoa. How am I with myself? Am I actually stabbing myself, you know, figuratively speaking? Am I stabbing myself in the back by talking behind my own back? Kind of if that makes sense. Like a lot of times we will we will put our best foot forward, but we don't realize subconsciously we have all these programs that are contradicting the positive mental patterns we're trying to create and um, I, you know, if you want to elaborate on that anymore, we can just move on. But I felt, ba- you know, in response to what you shared, that's a, that's just, you know, what comes up for me. Yeah, I mean, we we hold so much of our our pains and our griefs, our sufferings, our angers, hostilities, judgments. We hold them in our cells and our tissues, and they they manifest in whatever areas of the body that are weakest for us. So. Um, it's not just about structural alignment causing or, uh, you know, misalignment mm. causing pain, but we have to understand that we, we hold our emotions in our body. And that is one of the things I love about yoga because yoga helps to release these emotions and release stagnant energy and create openings in our physical body um, so that we can have less pain as well. Mm. I know exactly where I want to go with this. Um, (laughs) so what comes up for me here now to, to provide a, a bridge to the conclusion of this is how important it is for one to find what their, you know, we could say Dharma, their purpose, but just let's just call it what they love to do in their life. And then to create a, a strategy over time where they're able to do mostly only what they love to do. Um, and that'll obviously look different for everyone, but I, this reminds me of um, another statistic I found out is the most amount of people that die um, of a heart attack die on Monday morning, either on the toilet, sounds gross, or on their way to work. Mm. And that sh- that rattled me years ago, and now, right now, thinking about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, like one of the most debilitative things you can you can do is actually to avoid what you love to do. Right. Well, I I can speak about my story. Please, uh, yes. So six years ago, I sold everything I owned in Toronto and and moved to Central America, specifically Nicaragua, where I had never even been in my life. And 
I have basically come to a, a point in my life living in downtown Toronto where, um, you know, let's see, I don't know, 10 years earlier, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. I was very well known in the party scene here. I cleaned out my life. I wasn't doing it anymore. And, um, but I was still unhappy. And I was just, you know, I was doing, I was doing nutrition, which I loved. And I was personal training, which I loved. But there was something for me uh, that I didn't enjoy about living in the city. And I was just the traffic and the stress and the go, go, go. And like everyone busting their balls to work Monday to Friday and then like partying on the weekends, even though I wasn't, it was just, that's just the energy. And I just asked myself, like, is this what I see for my life? Is this like, is this what I want to do is like work really hard, save up my money, get a little cubicle in a condo downtown and I just knew that I wasn't happy. So I asked myself over the course of a few weeks, I'm like, okay, if this isn't the way I see my life, what would make me happy? Like, and I created a list. What are the things that would be my ideal life? How would my perfect day look like? And for me, it was waking up in the sunshine. It was going in the ocean first thing in the morning. It was eating fresh foods from the tree, uh, from the earth. It was living life on, on my own schedule in nature, and it was teaching the things I love, which is health, nutrition, um, at the time, which was personal training, so fitness. It was teaching people how to be healthy and happy. So I was like, okay. So I looked at this list. I'm living in the city at the time. I'm like, how am I going to make this happen? I'm like, well, I want to wake up in the sun and be in the tropics and not do winter anymore. And my whole thing was I wanted to break up with winter. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to like to a beach somewhere. And, and then I thought about it more and more. And I thought it was going to be Costa Rica. I ended up in Nicaragua. Um, and then I just thought I, I became a yoga teacher and thought, okay, I'm just going to start teaching, teaching yoga in, you know, hotels or on beaches or whatever. I wasn't really sure. Um, I, I gave up, um, you know, some nice paychecks here in Toronto. Um, and I thought I might be, become a hotel yoga teacher or something. Um, but I made peace with myself because I realized, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just wanted to live a happy life. I didn't care about the money anymore. I just wanted to, I wanted to look forward to waking up every day so that I could do my job and live my life. I wanted to be happy at the end of the day. I wanted to feel really good about how I lived my day at the end of the night when I put my head on the pillow. And I just thought, you know what? My happiness and is so much more important to me than the money I was making. And I was willing to give that up. And then it's funny how the universe works and supports you when you have the courage to try something new. Because I went down to Nicaragua thinking it was only going to be for two months. Never, like I didn't know a soul there. Um, but I knew that I had to follow my heart and at least try. And if I didn't follow my heart, that I would be miserable. And that also I knew if it didn't work out that I could always fly back home. So I was really scared and I did it. And it's funny how the universe supports you when you have the courage to follow your heart and everything has just snowballed in a positive way since then. I'm going on my year six now. My retreats have, you know, my retreat business has been um, rapidly progressing and, and getting bigger and bigger. At this point, I've done over 75 retreats in, in mm. six years now, which is insane. Um and I'm definitely not doing as many right now. Like on around year two and year three, I was so busy that I was just pumping them out every single week. 
Um, but basically the point of this whole story is I had, I just came to a point in my life asking myself, am I really happy? Is this what I foresee for my future? And it wasn't working for me. So I, I got really clear on what would make me happy. And it doesn't mean everybody has to sell everything they own and move to the tropics, but I think people need to be clear about what would make them happy and start moving towards it. It might not happen right away tomorrow, but we all need to live in a way that makes our hearts sing, that makes us feel really excited. You know, it's just amazing to me how many people don't have passion in their lives right now or going through the motions or living life like robots. And because of this, people are getting sicker and sicker. And yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot more chemicals in our world now too, but people are unhappy. And we just need to start figuring out what it is that, that will make us happy. And we need to move through fear. That's another really important mm. point as a lot of people know, but they're too scared to do anything about it. So mm. these are actually all things we address in gracious living lifestyle retreats. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would just suggest to people get clear. And then mm. once, once you have the answers, you, you need to figure out how to start moving towards them and don't like life is precious. Every moment is precious. Every breath is precious. Stop wasting it. You know, stop mm. wasting it. Mm. 100%. And it's just when we change ourselves, it just, it's amazing how much it starts to affect everybody around you. And, and this is what makes our world a better place to live in and a happier place to live in. It starts with yourself and it radiates outwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. isn't this ultimately what we all want like we all want to be happy right <laughs> absolutely absolutely I feel myself sinking into into that listening to you um, wow what, I, I think that's an incredible place to, to conclude this segment um, maybe if you have any and maybe like one or two <clears throat> exercises or or um, tips to help somebody explore what what um, that would be like to how to get clear essentially. Well, if you want answers to start coming in your life, you need to create the space for them to come. Mm -hmm. So that's where meditation comes in. That's where yoga comes in. It's learning how to start slowing down certain parts of your life, asking these questions, and then listening for the answers. Because at the end of the day. I really feel that we always have the answers. We always know deep down, but we don't give ourselves the opportunity to listen. Um, so we need to create that, that space to listen. And, and that's why I'm a big fan of meditation because this is when the answers start coming. Right. Michael Beckwith says that something to the extent that eventually as we do this step by step, we, we discover that meditation is no, long, no longer something that we're trying to fit into our busy lifestyle, but our life begins to revolve around our meditation. Yeah, and it's, I see it as um, a recharging of the batteries. So yes. for, like, it's not about just being still. It's not about you know, not thinking about anything, but it's an opportunity for you to recharge your body and your soul and your, your own batteries so that you can be really clear on what your next moves need to be. Hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. 
I am so honored. This was a lot of fun. And may I say one more thing? Yes, you may. <laughs> I actually, for those of you that don't know, I'm building my own little retreat center in northern Nicaragua. And I officially get to move into the, my house portion in two weeks, less than two weeks, I think um, 11 days now. Um, and then by next year, I'm going to have my casitas built. And it's going to be a plant-based resort where um, I have there's a bamboo yoga deck as well and there will be five levels of nutrition from level one to level five there's also surf in the area and it's basically I'm trying to create this healing space an inspirational place an educational place a place where like-minded individuals come whether it's for a one-week retreat or on a long-term basis for one two or three months um, so stay tuned for that and you can check out my website for further details once it starts to get rolling. We're also going to build a farm, so that will take a little bit of time, but we'll be building lots of fresh foods and trees and coconut trees, moringa trees, cacao, avocados, the list goes on. Mm, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and with that said, where else can people find more about you? So on my website, which is my name, um, .com, um and my business name is Gracious Living Lifestyle, so you can always just Google these names, on, and you'll come to my website as well. Yeah, and you have a pretty big social media um, activity. Yes. yes, please find me on Facebook. I'm very active on there, and I'm very good about communication with my students and and friends and fans on there. Um, I'm also on Instagram, um, secondly, and then Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Um, I'm on all those things too. But Facebook and Instagram are my, my main things right now. Mm, great. Well, Grace, it was an honor and pleasure to have you on. And for everyone listening, obviously you enjoyed it as much or maybe more than I did because otherwise you wouldn't still be listening, would you? <laughs> so thank you all for listening in. And until next time, this has been the official Ronnie Landis podcast show and aloha. Thanks so much, Ronnie. My pleasure.